for the first time in, I don't know, as long as I can remember, I woke up before anybody else in my house. What? And I got a cup of coffee. No. And I sat at the table and read in total silence for like 30 minutes. It was crazy. And I know that like you guys are maybe not used to having like kids wake up before you and make a lot of noise in the house, but it, it's like a totally different morning experience oh, to be yeah. the first one awake. Oh, man. Hmm. It was awesome. Anyway. It always makes me nervous. I'm like, am I the chosen one? I got to like kind of make sure that I'm actually awake. <laughs> the last man else. on earth. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody else is okay. I kind of like, okay, okay. I hit, okay, I hit toilets flush. All right, cool. I'm good. All right. <laughs> Are you reading anything interesting? Uh, no, it's a collection of a bunch of different stuff. I do a little, a little Bible every morning and a little bit of business stuff every morning and mm. a little bit of just like fiction every morning and, you know. Try to spread it around a little bit. I recently got uh, Daryl Eves' Eve's book. Um, it's called The YouTube Formula. And uh, he, he's one of those YouTube channel guys who shows you how to do YouTube or whatever. And I got his book. And I don't read a lot of physical books without pictures very often. And so, uh, I mean, usually I'm listening to audiobooks because they can play while I'm in the car or in the background. And I almost have to force myself to like, I'm just going to do five pages today and then I can go on and do whatever I want because it takes your full concentration. Like you can't, you yeah. can't check your phone and, and do other things. And I've, I've lost, I've seemed to have lost that skill of just focusing on one thing. I'm trying really hard to get back to reading like a physical book it, and it is, it's really difficult for me. I've gotten so used to the audiobook thing with running and when I'm running, I can completely focus on what I'm listening to because there's like the rest of it's mindless. You know, it's like I have the same path that I run on. I don't have to worry about where I'm going or mm -hmm. it's a relatively small town. I don't have to worry about a lot of traffic or buses or anything like that. So I can really pay attention. And then to try to switch over to sit down with a physical book is a challenge. I have a very hard time reading. I feel like there's so many other things I could be doing. If I could read yeah. and like my hands were separate from me making things and doing stuff. <laughs> That would if be your nice. hands had hands. Yeah. My little hands could be making little <laughs> tiny models while I read. That would be so awesome. Well, the audiobook thing is great for that. I mean, that's yeah. why I really started listening to them. I, I've found that I have a lot harder time even listening to fiction these days, though. Like, I, I really enjoyed the kind of anything more thought provoking or business oriented or something that kind of is getting me toward a goal. Like I can, I can listen to fiction. You, you want to hear something funny? I absolutely, yes. I, I got into this thing years ago, about 10, 12 years ago, where I absolutely can't listen to anything or watch anything that's made up. That's why if you guys notice, I never go to movies and I really yeah. just like documentaries and things about real things. And I remember as a kid, being confused over nonfiction and fiction. And, and I remember like the talking to the librarian when I was in whatever first or second grade, I'm like, wait, there's books about things that really didn't happen. And I remember that as a kid, like analyzing it, she's like, yeah, well, this that's fiction. That's made up stories like the wizard of Oz. And this, I'm like, interesting. And then like, from that <laughs> point on, I slowly moved away from being interested in things that actually didn't happen. It's a weird thing. It, huh. It's a, it's when people start to tell me a story, I'll always be like, wait, is this a real thing or is this not real? Because I need to know how much energy to give it in my brain. Oh, it really happened? That means it can't possibly happen to me? Okay, let me pay attention. And when someone starts telling me some fantasy thing, I'm just like, wait, this didn't happen? And then my brain immediately starts thinking of what I need to build that day. It's crazy. 
Interesting. Um, so you, I mean, do you not enjoy any any type of like made up story? You know, whether it's written or movies or anything. Do you not get anything? I certainly, I certainly can. You know, I, I mean, there are moments when me and Taylor try to watch a movie, and the two of us like get like five minutes in, like you want to watch crime drama? Yeah, let's go to Forensic Files. It's like we just can't get hooked. Huh. It's crazy. It's so funny. I like the older I get, the the less opportunity there is for me to get hooked. And I'll hear about a story or I'll hear about a movie and I'll be like, oh, that's really cool. And I, you know, put it on my to-do list and I never, it never gets to done. (laughs) But it's when I find documentaries on Netflix and I just flick around, I mean, that's really what I'm attracted to most. Like everyone talks Hmm. about, uh, you know, certain TV series and this and that. And I I try to watch them, but I just, I'm just like, this didn't happen. So I don't know why I'm watching this. It's just, it, it's not really rational. I mean, of course, I enjoyed yeah. like The Wizard of Oz and Willy Wonka as a kid and these type of stories. But, yeah, it's always a criteria. Huh. So uh, when I'm like doing long walks or exercising or something, I'm obviously <clears throat> always listening to, you know, some sort of theory or philosophy or technical stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So I was going to save this until the end to my my pick, but I'll go ahead and talk about it because it just randomly came up. We have no plan, by the way, anybody that's listening. We have not. We, we still got to figure no this plan. out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this was not intentional, but uh, the podcast No Dumb Questions with Destin and Matt, um, it's an excellent podcast, but this most recent one is all about stories. And so like the two of them are, are very similar but also very different in a lot of ways Destin's very science engineering oriented Matt's very humanities history literature oriented and so they have a different way to come at a lot of similar things right so they started talking about stories they started talking about Disney World and that turned into movies and stories and stuff and the way that the two of them view stories is very very different Matt sees them as like you know uh, really important and a great way to get one idea from one person to another without it being so like cut and dry. Here's just the knowledge transfer. You know, it's a way that you can model an idea or a personality or a trait or a whatever to someone else. And Destin's very just like stories are for escapism. That's why I enjoy them because it's out of this world. It's out of my daily normal. <laughs> I can life. relate to. I can relate to that. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm, not, it's a, I'm not like anti-story. I mean, I've, I've certainly right. there's some of the classic movies like Godfather and you know all this stuff is kind of made up. But it's just lately I noticed my attention span is just it, it and it's not a really a conscious thing. It's just like I start waning. I'm like, why am I waning? And I have to stop. I'm like, why am I losing interest? Oh, because this is just it's like listening to someone tell you their dream. You're like. All right. Maybe there's something in this story that I could take away. Maybe there is some, yeah. you know, philosophy that I could apply to my regular life. So I try that. So seeing the way that, you know, those two people act differently towards them made me realize that that was even a thing. Like I just never considered. I thought everybody thought of stories as stories. But now when you say that, I'm like, oh, well, OK, you think of stories as something, something different than I do. That's really cool. I never would have considered that before. And they're not as important to you as they are to me or to other people, which is also totally cool. And, you know, just like a different way to look at them. Anyway, it's a really good episode that somebody, anybody who's interested in that conversation should definitely go listen to. I might go because those guys are on my list. I listen every now and again. But uh, like I said, I don't want to sound like a story snob. It's just I I tend to realize, (laughs) like growing up, I was always good in history. Like I was I was I wasn't a great student because I was always in my head playing around, drawing in my book. But 
when I was in history, I was always very intrigued by like American history, European history, you know, the world wars and the sequence of events. And I always said to my teachers, I was like, what I need, what I need, and actually an old ex-girlfriend got, got with me when we were together and I still have it. What I need is a history timeline. I need to know what was happening at the same time. I needed that hmm. in my, you know, my visual brain. I needed to see it. And I have a book, it's called the history's timeline. You open it up and it's like the beginning of like what we know is the beginning of history of human being, human beings. And then it goes through and it just tells you what was going on all around the world at the same exact time. And for me, that's like that's the type, cool. type of concrete evidence that I need. And, and I said this to you guys before when every time Taylor would put on, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons in the snow, I forget the name of the show. <laughs> Crown of Thorns. Is okay. that <laughs> That's amazing. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Oh, every every time Taylor put that on, and I would just be like, what, what, where is this in history? Because there's like the Middle uh, Ages, yeah. it's mixed up with wizardry. And uh, is this an Earth? Is this Earth? And what was funny when I watched Planet of the Apes as a little kid, and then all of a sudden, like I, I was still like a little kind of half science fiction in, half science fiction out. I was like, I don't really, you know, okay, there's, you know, these humanoid gorillas. Okay, it's pretty scary. And then when Charlton Heston found the Statue of Liberty on the beach, I was like, spoiler. Whoa. Oh my God. <laughs> this blew, blew my mind as a little kid because it made me think, wow, there's like a future that is so far in the future that like what we know now is just disregarded as the ancient history. And that blew my mind. And like that made me like, that's kind of like that for me, that was like a moment of like, like when you like when you're falling in your dream and you wake up and you're like okay this isn't real but I could see how this could be real. So anyway. so that that moment right there where you had that like whoa that was a bad thing for you? No no it was like it it brought me into the story because I was like okay this oh. is fantasy science fiction you know I don't know what's going on here Charlton Heston was you know he's walking on the beach and and then all of a sudden he finds you know Earth New York where I where I was where I grew up. And we had visited as a kid. We visited the Statue of Liberty. So to me, it was like it blew my mind that like this fantasy story is like rooted in reality in a way. I mean, obviously it wasn't. But when I saw the Statue of Liberty and that it like blew my mind. Hmm. Yeah. And then I gave up on stories. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I just I just need. Yeah. The, and the older I get, the more like fact based information I, I seem to need. And like I said, I, I mean, occasionally I do watch a, a story that's not real, but I just find myself less and less attracted to it. Hmm. Yeah, that's all. Interesting. All right, I'm different. sorry, everybody. What about you, David? Where I do mean, you land on stories? I mean, I mean, I'm right in between. So uh, I like listening to nonfiction because I, I enjoy learning things. I collect books. You know, 99% of them are nonfiction, how-to, lots of pictures, inspirational type books. Um, I do have a, I have most of Kurt Vonnegut's books because I'm a huge Kurt Vonnegut fan as well. Uh, when it comes to movies, I tend to like movies that are more real, um, not so much fantasy, except for things that have, except for movies that I watched when I was a kid, like The Princess Bride. It's, it's one of my all-time favorites. Um, I do mm. like the uh, episode four, five, six of Star Wars. 
right? Is that the is that the first three, four, five, mm-hmm. and six? Yeah, uh, I, and I really enjoy them. But these days, I don't get into that stuff so much because I I don't have a connection to it. Um, and then something I've noticed recently is we usually only watch like one or two shows at a time. And it's just like, we'll watch one episode of a particular show uh, during dinner or after dinner. And so we're always trying to find a new show to watch. And if that new show doesn't have a likable character, we move on real quick. Like AP Bio, it takes place in Toledo and there's lots of Toledo references in there. And we're like, oh, we're gonna love this. It's so cool. It's got the dude from It's Always Sunny. It's gonna be great. But nobody in that show is likable because everybody's a everybody's a bad guy in it. Not necessarily a bad mm. guy, but nobody's likable. And we've done this a couple times. We're like, we'll get into oh man, everybody's like uh, 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 um, the Wire. We got four or five episodes into the Wire, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like this show. Nobody's 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 connecting with me. So I'm super mm. picky. It might just because I'm super snobby, but yeah, I like a mix of fiction and nonfiction. <laughs> huh. I love comedies, though. If it makes me laugh, it'll keep me engaged, even if it's okay. obviously completely made up. So, I guess I like I like real real stories and comedy. So that's yeah. what's going to be on my Tinder profile. So if anybody out there is single, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, there's like a, definitely a crossover there of things that you guys don't like that. I also don't like, <clears throat> I prefer fiction that is one step out of reality, at least enough to where it's really obvious. Like I don't watch crime dramas, even if they're fake, because they're, it's just like, if that terribleness could happen in the real world, then I don't really... Mm. I mean, there's enough bad stuff already. I'm not interested in that. And, like, we tried to watch uh, uh, Parenthood. I don't know if you guys ever saw the show Parenthood. It's a really sweet show about an extended family, multiple generations of a family, and just how they interact and whatever. And it's, you know, it's family stuff. But it's so family stuff that every two or three episodes, I find myself on the verge of tears. Like, this is too real. Like, I don't want to think about my parents uh, getting, you know, this disease or that disease or somebody dying in a car wreck. And, like, I, I just, that's too close, you know. So there's certain stuff like that that, even though it's really good, and I appreciate the storytelling and the, the way it's filmed and the way it's acted and all that type of stuff. It's like, I just don't want to spend my time there. I'd rather spend my time in something fantastical, something out there that is a step out of reality that mm-hmm. I can just enjoy for what it is. And, you know, even if it has some of the same... I guess trauma in it or whatever. It's just it's not as close to home or something. I don't know. Anyway, we I went down a really uh, long path. There. I do watch. So there are certain movies that I watch over and over and over again because I need something in the background. I don't know why I need something playing in the background when I'm in the shop or just doing stuff. And so, uh, you know, like Back to the Future, I probably watched mm. fifty times only because I know it so well and I want it to play in the background while I'm doing things. Um, and then documentaries, uh, I watch a lot because it's a great background thing. And Netflix makes some incredible documentaries and so does HBO. So um, I watch a lot of them because I don't really have to pay attention. It can just be something like, I need to take a two minute break from what I'm doing here. I'll just look up at the TV and see what's going on. Hmm. Cool. Well, speaking of the shop, what have you guys been doing? What have you been working on? 
I have been building a set of high-end speakers for the living room. Um, I have built speakers in the past, and I have said in those videos that, you know, this is not about science. This is not about audiophiles. This is not about high-end speakers. We're just building speakers so we can to have fun. We don't really care about sizes and, and things like that. This time, we are. And... Um, Ooh. Yeah, and getting into so, all the science of this of the audio and everything, a, a little bit. So we're, it, it's a it's a kit that I got from it's a place called Creative Sound Solutions or CSS Audio, and they sell high end speakers, like really pricey <laughs> speakers. And you can buy their finished speakers, which are ready to go. You can buy their kit with the cabinets or the enclosures that you can glue up yourself and then finish them. Or you can buy the components and make the cabinet yourself. And I got the components and following their plans pretty much to a T. And then it's going to, I'm going to break it up into two videos. One of the speaker build, and it's going to be more technical, you know, about why things are the way they are and why you need to look out for this. And then I'm going to do the video of where I skin it or I finish it. And that's just going to be all about creativity and try to, Try to give them a good wow factor. Also, I'm breaking it up into two videos because I don't know what the finished look is going to be yet. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, is that something you're going to plan ahead or you're just going to wait till you get it and then like look, get it together and look at the finished object and uh, decide how I, to... I, I, I'm, I, no, I want to have... I want to have the finished look now in my head at least. Um, hmm. They have two woofers in there with a tweeter in the middle so they're, they're kind of tall, but they need a stand so... Whatever I do is as far as like the skinning, which will probably be a wood acrylic mixture. There's also going to be a stand built in too. So, um, I, I I've been trying to force myself to not look at other speakers for inspiration and try to find inspiration elsewhere. So, um, but the the idea hasn't hit me just yet. Um, and and Dan has like, hey, I'll send you some some things that will be inspirational. I'm like, Dan, don't send me anything. I want to come up with the idea. I don't want I don't want outside influence. I want it to be like my my thing. And yeah. it's kind of a selfish thing, but I, I I want the idea to come from within me. So I told Dan to not send me any inspiration. Do these have a, a purpose in in your house? Like, are these made for a specific room or specific? thing or you something you wanted to do uh they're gonna go in my living room so we have um we have an uh like a vintage decent stereo receiver then i've got a high-end um turntable and the speakers that i have now are like 70s speakers the big cabinets that sit on the floor and they got the foam fronts on there and the dog is uh when he was a puppy he chewed them up and they they just need to Mm -hmm. be replaced and uh really they need to get up off the floor so they're not getting the the vibrations off the floor so um yeah i've always kind of wanted high-end speakers although i'm not an audiophile and my hearing is shot from not wearing hearing protection while playing in bands and the music i listen to is pretty lo-fi to begin with so uh but it's it's more about the i don't know it's just more about like this is a gift to myself because hmm. I appreciate music and, and audio, you know? So, yeah. And I, I mean, I think my guitar recently was that same thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm not a very good guitar player. I don't really need a 
another guitar. I have several. I don't need another guitar. <laughs> I don't play very often. I don't need another guitar. But it was like, you know, I'm going to spend the time just to make a thing that I, yeah. I wanted to have. Yeah. I don't really need it. I haven't really played it much at all. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing to do. Yeah. But, but you, Jimmy? I've been, I just had to write a, a check to my forklift uh, repairman. So that's why I stepped away for a second. Uh, Aaron's <laughs> on his way to get it. We had a forklift guy come and just do a mobile service. Um, what am I up to? I started working on the the enclosed trailer this week. I, mm. We spoke about it last week and I kind of blew it completely off. And Saturday, I really started thinking about it. And I started looking at the drawings and I pulled the trailer out Saturday, set it up on blocks, took the wheels off because apparently I need to be worried that someone's going to steal it no matter where I leave it. So I, I removed the wheels and I put it up on chocks. I leveled it. So I'm going to build the enclosure on top of that. First thing I did yesterday was I extended the frame out past, the, you know, right up to the wheel wells. So the entire footprint of the trailer, including the wheels, will be underneath the cabin. And uh, today I'm going to chalk out the profile of the actual thing on the floor based on the designer's drawings. You know, start building the perimeter and uh, making some decisions on exactly how and and how to uh, take care of various tasks, sheet metal and aluminum and all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting. I keep I keep reminding myself that this is I'm just making a box, and that takes away the. <laughs> pain and suffering of like what did i get myself into and i just keep saying all i'm making is a box mm. the corners might be rounded there's going to be a hole in the box with a hinged device that opens got to make sure that device is a door or a window and uh yeah and i i the the client keeps taking things away from me to do which is great because he's like first it was going to be all ribbed and painted gray and the ribbing takes weeks to get you got to order a special order like 10 foot pieces and then uh, he's like, we'll just make it smooth because we're going to sticker the whole thing. And then I don't need to worry about a color because the whole thing's going to be wrapped. So, yeah. So I'm just uh, working out the details of that. Definitely a challenge. But the more I add one little thing to it, I keep reminding myself, okay, if I just get the flanges on it to make the deck wider today, I'm going to be good. And then I could mentally take a break. Today, if I draw out the profile on the floor where the wheel well is and everything and the curves and stuff, I'm good. Then I can start putting the pieces in. So I have to do this for my own mental. I have to break it down into small bite-sized pieces. And then slowly those pieces begin to build the whole thing all together. So that's, that, that's what I've been working on mentally and physically. And uh, also the shop is coming along fairly quickly. If you notice some of my Instagram, the guys are doing a great job. I hired a couple of local guys up here, Mike, Jeff and Brian are doing a great job rebuilding out the inside. They're taking a lot of pride in it. They're really digging into all the details. And Patrick Reynolds, my electrician, is doing so many loose ends. There's so much more to do still. But he's amazing. And, uh, you know, the television project's coming to town. We just got a, a toilet truck delivered yesterday. A giant toilet truck. It has five stalls on each side. I joked. I said, "It says it says man. It's like it says a man. It's like a man and a woman next to each other." And I said to Willie, "I said if you go on that side, you come out that side. You come out a, a girl. If you go on the girl side, you come out the boy side. You come out a boy." <laughs> it says like a star-bellied sneech machine. Aww. So that's in my backyard now. That'll be there till the end of July. Interesting. My grass is going to be destroyed, and mm. we got a giant generator delivered yesterday. So it's it's really actually happening. 
It's so if you poke a hole in the bottom of that truck, then your grass won't be destroyed. When you move the truck, it'll be like super grass underneath. Yeah, mm-hmm. super That's grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, so we've been doing like last minute things because the, the whole yard is going to be covered with people and things and stuff. So we've been yeah. just like resetting the gravel and removing a couple of dead trees here and there. So we, my landscape guys have been going. It's uh, it's been a bit it's been a bit a bit of a whirlwind. And I'm kind of last minute today after the podcast, an hour or two later, I'm going to go and pick up a, a new tool that I bought from a local guy. I'm trying to outfit a lot of like vintage stuff. So I'm going to get a new chopping bandsaw, but it's, you know, made in the 1960s. So it's got like a nice texture to it. And uh, so I'm really trying to curate a cool set of tools and I'm going to bring tools in on pallets. I'm going to have to take them all off pallets because I really want the shop to feel set, you know. Mm. So that's another thing. We, we're going to rent a forklift. The television people are going to rent a forklift so that uh, I can forklift things from my shop onto my flatbed and I can bring them here and, and unforklift them here. So once we're ready for that, by the end of the week, we'll have a forklift here. And then we're getting a new CNC machine. It's going to be crazy. Are you worried at all about, you know, like with the the number of trucks and people and stuff coming onto the property. I know they're not necessarily going to be in your house and stuff like that, but are you worried about it? Like kind of wear and tear on, you know, you've been building this place up and kind of getting it how you want for a really long time. The wear and tear that I'm worried about most is the yard. I mean, you know, cause oh. I'm like me and Willie take a lot of pride in the lawn. We're always making sure that it's, you know, well kept and so on and so on. But this back part of my lawn, which is, I guess about a half of an acre of property there is going to get destroyed. They're putting two tractor trailers in it today or tomorrow. Like, 55 foot trailers one after the other so that's you know 125 feet of lawn that's going to be just an office for the next four months so how does that work with power yeah the generator they have the generator right there they just dropped off a tremendous generator Oh, wow. So that's just going to be running all the time? Yep. Loud. That's, that's not cool. <laughs> it's, it, it is a low hum. It's not, it's it's like a car running. You know, like if a car is running, it's not that, oh. it's, not, it's not like a little Honda generator. It, it is designed to be on television sets so oh, that it okay. kind of runs low. I mean, it definitely is noisy, but it'll be far enough away from where we work, but it is going to be. And then a dumpster, but they're bringing a dumpster. I was like, I don't want a dumpster here. They're like, hey. We're going to need it. I want a dumpster in my yard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, when we had a dumpster in our driveway for doing the kitchen, I like considered keeping it. Like it's <laughs> I <know>. awesome. <laughs> I know. I know. And then we talked cause I, I put up these new gates and well, I only put up one set of gates, but we put up two columns at each entrance, which, you know, were very expensive. And, and if anybody bumped into them, it would be a nightmare because it's all just loose stones. Well, they are cemented together, but if a car hit them, they would all become loose stones. So I'm real nervous about that. So it's, so we're going to put the dumpster right as a straight shot in front of the back gate so a dumpster truck can pull in and grab it and then go straight out instead of having to turn. So, you know, there's lots of logistics to deal with. And, you know, at the end of the day, when this thing eventually gets published, it's just going to be like a bunch of people goofing off in the shop and all this <laughs> other background stuff that nobody will have seen. You know, the frantic finish to get all the electrical outlets buttoned up and the frantic finish to get all the gravel in the driveway edges done, my culvert fixed around the, the barn so that the water doesn't run across the driveway. You know, all these dumb little things. It's it's like when the, the Olympics come to town. It's We're just making sure that... I, I joke with Taylor, every time her mother is coming to stay with us, we have to change the sidewalks and the lampposts and 
repaint all the windowsills because her mom's picky. She'll notice these things. So it's like, oh, the Olympics are coming to town. And it's the same thing with this. It's like Taylor's like, I'm, this house, I don't want the house to look like it's a ghost house. So she put up curtains in like one of the prominent rooms that you can see from the street. She's going to put curtains in all the other... I, mean, I never put curtains up. Like every, you see here, it's like the sun comes right through every window in my house. So... It's but the good. cool thing is, like, when, when the show's over and it's all gone and all that s- weird stuff leaves, you're going to be, like, the shop's going to be set up, like, good to go, all that yard work's done. Yeah, you're just going to have giant divots in your backyard. <laughs> a couple people have said to me, man, there's nothing like a television production to motivate you, huh? I was like, absolutely. I mean, it's the reason yeah. why I built out the inside the one I did. Also got a little bump of money, so I was like, you know what, let me do it now, and the TV's going to look better on TV. Like, they didn't say, you need to finish your barn. They're like, can we shoot in your barn? I'm like... Well, yeah, like if they're going to shoot in my barn, I want to make sure it looks cool. And it was up to me to you know, to do all that. They came and looked at it and they're like, is everything going to be insulation? I'm like, no, 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 I'm fixing this up. But that was all on me. You know, it's all, it's mm. all my, it's all on me. But uh, I'm definitely getting a substantial rental fee and, you know, talent fee. So it'll definitely cover those bases, recoup some of that. And that's why I'm taking advantage of the time to do that now. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I got That's that, awesome. the, the trailer, and I got a couple of little finicky movies I'm working on. I, you guys know that I'm selling a coffee now with a partner. We're selling coffee beans, and so I'm going to make a uh, coffee grinder. I have no idea how I'm going to do it, but uh, oh, I nice. promised the team I'd make it to promote the coffee. I'm going to make a mechanical coffee grinder, and that's going to be kind of like a Rube Goldberg-y kind of milled together from parts in my machine shop kind of thing. I have a couple of loose ideas, but that might be a quickie. That might be like a two-day build. So that's something that's been on my mind. And then uh, I have, as of next week, I have one month to finish this trailer, mid-April. And the show starts shooting when? April 26th. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so just, just right back to back. Cool. Yeah, everything's going to be meshed. I always say, you know, there's there'll be a few days where I don't have to sleep to get these things done. It'll be fine. And then I'm yeah. going to have to actually have help. You know, we have to remain in a bubble so me and the other talent on the show are, have to stay together. So yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm going to have built-in help when it comes down to doing like a lot of detail stuff. So be yeah. an interesting video when it comes out and it's gonna be like why are all those people hanging out with you <laughs> can't tell you <laughs> <laughs> i think it'll be pretty obvious at that point that's cool well let's see for me i'm still in the kitchen <laughs> i don't even remember like i know i've talked about where everything's at for the past couple weeks on the show but i i've just lost track of when mm-hmm. and what and did i tell you about my anniversary you forgot you guys it you, you forgot it yeah, we totally, I don't remember if I told you that on here or not, but like we completely just missed the fact that our anniversary, both of us, so it wasn't just me. But that is a pretty good snapshot of how the past several weeks have been. It's just kind of heads down doing cabinet stuff and doing, you know, the room stuff. And so I, I'm finally beginning to get to a point to where I'm out of one section, like all of the the carcasses and drawers are done and so now i'm on to uh drawer faces and doors and the cool thing about that is that it's all the same thing it's just different sizes and so it's a lot of you know trying to be really precise measuring but then uh like the shaker style doors 
I <laughs> on my whiteboard I drew like a kind of diagram of the door. I labeled everything with letters and then I wrote out math equations for like if you know if it's this wide then that means the piece has to be this minus this plus this to get the right you know I did that which is not d- complicated or difficult or anything but it made it so that I could plug in numbers and very easily get what I need to cut because I have to cut like 48 or 58 doors or something like panels and every one of those is a combination of rails and styles that are different and then inset panels that are different and so yeah. it's a lot of keep, having lot that keep little track of yeah and it's super easy to make a mistake in that when you're just like crunching a number to cut a, the next you know piece um and so i i just decided to make a little chart so that i could plug in a number on the whiteboard and like this is the one i'm working on here are the the width and the height of the door here are the pieces that i have to cut and that way not necessarily going to get them all right but at least i've thought through it and i have a process to get to that thing um it's funny though i started that a couple days ago and like got this whole process figured out got all my uh, the lumber that i could get i can't get enough of I'm, i'm doing um one by three solid maple for the frames and then an MDF inset panel, a quarter-inch MDF, because it's all going to get painted. But I wanted to have a hard wood around the outside, so you know if it gets dinged and stuff, it'll last. So I got as much wood as I could, got this process figured out, got this matching set of router bits to do the, the slot and the, the tenon and the thing so that they can all fit together. I get it all set up on the, on the <laughs> router table. And I've got these boards, these long boards, I have to cut a dado or the slot along one side and then I chop that long piece of wood into the right lengths right so I like run two or three pieces through and so I've got this cut this slot cut in all these things and I go and I chop them up into lengths and then at some point the router bit moved up uh, not down but it, that's the weird thing it didn't slip it's not like the router in the table you know drooped or could have vibrated out of the collet and moved up a little bit. But it's, I mean, it's cranked down. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. So I find that the slot on a couple of the pieces has moved up. It's even. It's just vertically in the wrong space. Where is the, where, which, which board has the ramp in it? Did you find that one? No. They're all <laughs> a little bit ramped. <laughs> None of them are straight. Oh, that's so but it's annoying. not that. I, Anyway, so that was my first, like, the first big cuts. That was my first big problem. I'm like, oh, well, now these are off. It's not a huge deal. I, you know, I can make some matching pieces. And so I have a set of three or four panels that are going to be slightly different than everything else because the inset panel is a little raised. But, so that was the first thing. And I get those made. They look fine. I go to make the next piece. I'm like, all right, I got the... The bit is moved back to the right place. I've got the whole thing locked down, good to go. Like everything is reset and I've had a good night's sleep and I'm ready <laughs> ready to go. I cut one piece for camera. We get the shot we need to get. And then I'm like, all right, now it's just like heads down. I'm going to make a thousand doors. I go to pull the trigger on the router and it goes, wow. It died? And I'm like, uh. I'm like, <laughs> and it just would not start. This is all just back to back to back. Like, okay, well, here's this problem. Now let's move on to this one. Let's solve that problem. Let's move on to this one. So now my router 
just doesn't work anymore. This router I've had mounted in this table for 10 years, maybe not 10 years, eight years, just won't start. So I take apart the switch, clean out, it's like full of sawdust. So I clean that out, go to start it again, does the same thing, end up taking it out of the table, turning it over and a bunch of pieces of black plastic fall out of the inside of the router. Oh, fan broke. Yeah, I guess so. And it's just, that was my router to use for this entire thing. (laughs) And so I immediately get on Amazon. I'm looking for a new router and a router lift because I never got a lift. I just had like a plate and a table. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to replace the one thing, I may as well replace the other thing. And then I'm looking for ones that I could get, you know, Friday instead of in two weeks. (laughs) And it just turned into like a whole thing. And all I want to do is finish the cabinets. I just want to make the dumb doors and get them on there and move on. It's just one thing after another. So anyway, I've got all that stuff on order. I took the opportunity to take out uh, the all of the router stuff that was in the table saw wing. I re-leveled the wing, which I think might have been the problem with the uh, with some of the, the bit shifting. I... I don't think it was actually that the bit moved. I think that when I pressed down on the piece of wood, the part of that that part of the table, that end of the wing was a little bit off level. And so I was I think I was kind of leaning the piece of wood, I think. I don't really know, but whatever. I took the chance to level it all. So this weekend, I should be getting new stuff that I have to spend time to install and then set up again. And then I can get back to doors. I was going to suggest, uh, typically when I have to run a lot of material through a saw or a, or a router like you did, I tend to, for that exact reason, where if you miss an adjustment or something adjusts itself, I tend to keep it, I'll, I'll rough cut it. I'll cut every piece, just like, for instance, my Rockla video is done where I make this cabinet and I do all the draw faces, I rough cut them all. I knew they needed to at least be 24 inches. I made them all say 24 and three quarters because I was going to make my fine cut. Because if I, if I set the jig up and do it, and then all of a sudden I realized I did something wrong. So I, I did point of making this is I would have run it through in pieces. I would have rough yeah. cut the, those lengths. And then this way you check one and then you always check like, and I know that from being in factories where you know, four will go through the process and they always check the fifth one. So every fifth one or every third one gets checked. And this way, you know, that you're keeping, uh, everything's good as, as good as the first one that it was approved. What I ended up doing since I got kind of stuck and I couldn't use the router anymore, I ended up doing the work of figuring out the lengths, uh, and the size of panels for as many of the doors as I possibly could. And I went through and chopped all the pieces, the maple down to the correct lengths. Mm-hmm. So now I have a bundle of a panel and four pieces, and that's a door, and they're just sitting in a stack. So w- then when I get the router set back up, I can route all four of those at a time. Yep. So even if they're wrong, they're the same. You're going to do and that so stack, do... like that classic stack where the one just takes the profile of the style of yeah. the rails? So Oh, yeah. So you can have that big, crazy, dangerous router bit. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> terrifying. And when it, when it like, turns on, it sounds like a plane taking off or something. Yeah. It's... So imagine doing all of this with contractor tools and not your big stationary table saw router in a router table type thing. Or by hand. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is shaker style, which means the shaker people <laughs> figured it out. <laughs> oh my goodness. I could not imagine. Like I know everybody out there who's like a hand tail hand 
tool, fine woodworker person's like, yes, I do all that by hand and I'm awesome for it. I agree. You're mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm, I would not want to do that. <laughs> but yeah. So at this point, I've started breaking down the material for each individual door. And I'm about, I don't know, a little over halfway through the entire kitchen of getting, you know, a, a pack of pieces for panels. And so um, I, I just have to get some more material and then I can do that same process. So theoretically, I should have all the doors, all the drawer faces in stacks. And then once the router stuff is set up, it's going to be like probably two days of just routing, which is going to be super loud and make a super mess. Mm-hmm. But um, then we should be able to move on and hopefully we can get that stuff done. I, our, our appliances got shipped, which is super cool, Yay. like two weeks earlier than I thought. So we may actually have a place to cook soon. Should be really. I have a similar but smaller scale router problem that we ran into yesterday while making the speakers. On the on the front, you have uh, there's a circle cut out, and then there's a rabbit where the speaker falls into because the face of the speaker has to be flush with the cabinet, otherwise you get this thing called diffraction. And so we made a circle cutting jig for the router, which involves a pin in a board and that router just goes around the pin. And so you, you cut the rabbit first, which takes three passes. And then you set the, uh, so you have to move the pin each time. And then the fourth pass, we have to cut all the way through to make the hole. And that also takes three passes so we can go all the way through the wood. So it takes quite a bit of time and, you know, we measured everything and we, we cut everything in a piece of scrap plywood and it was perfect the first time you know it takes a good 15 minutes to make all those cuts and the speaker fell right in it was flush it was the perfect size i'm like we are good to go and then for some whatever reason when we go to cut it on the front piece that we made and this is not just a rectangular piece we've already cut this piece to size it has rabbits all around the edges it's got a dado going down the middle for the center brace so this piece has already had a bunch of time in it and then we cut the circle and the and the rabbit and the speaker doesn't fall in and it doesn't make any sense why the speaker why the circle is a different size because we use there's we use the same pinholes and we're just kind of blown away and we just assumed like dust got underneath the router and caused it to go sideways or whatever. But the plan was we were just going to film the, there's, uh, there's four woofers in this set. So the plan was we'll just film this one and I don't have dust collection on this palm router. So I'll do the other three outside. Um, but for this, we'll just, and it didn't fall in and it's screwing up the filming and everything. And at that point it mm-hmm. was like five 30. I'm like, okay, we're just going to call it a day. This would be my problem to fix later. I'll see you next week, Dan. So it's it's frustrating when you have everything set up and you everything is measured perfect and you spend all this time getting everything just right and then it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and like, so I know a lot of people who do woodworking are very detail-oriented. They <clears throat> are very precise with measurements especially if you're doing something like speakers where it like it matters or cabinets where you're going to see if the gaps are not exactly the same you're going to see it and i i don't have that naturally that like i round up often you know or like it's just how i am and and so when i take the time to 
you know, like with these faces, like the the interior cabinet part, the drawers, like you don't really see those. They can be pretty close and it's going to be fine. But the drawer face and the doors, like they have to fit exactly right. And so I've intentionally said to myself, like, I cannot round. I'm going to take the Mm. time. I'm working to the 16th. I'm like, I'm going to do my best here. Like not just enough. Like this is not all going on camera. I'm doing my best. You're working to the 16th. What are you, an animal? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know Mr. Thousands. Yeah. But like to take that that amount of effort in my measuring process and to like try to be really precise and then to have something so stupid go wrong about like the bit moving or the squareness of the table or the level of the table be the problem uh that was disappointing and so it sounds like the same kind of thing where you like you've taken all the time to be really precise with the whole measurement and everything and then it just kind of doesn't work for some particular reason that's even more frustrating than if it just hadn't worked because you didn't really put in the time right (laughs) yeah but um, so that, anyway, that's what I've been up to. And then we're trying to figure out, you know, I'm trying to figure out exactly when to kind of step away from the kitchen. Cause I mean, I've been heads down in the kitchen for a month and a half now. That's like all I've done. And there's gotta be a point, even when it's not finished where I have to say, okay, now it goes on kind of intermittent mode where like I do some and then I do something else and I come back to it. I can't just do full-time kitchen until it's done because we won't have any other videos. So like I'm trying now to figure out exactly where that point is, what that next thing is that I can switch back and forth to. But like I mentioned a few weeks ago, I also don't want to get back into the trap of we need a quick thing just to have a video. I don't want to do that anymore. And so there's two parts of me that are kind of fighting right now about like, I really just want to get this thing done. I want to keep working on it until it's done. But I also really feel like I probably need to do something else, both for content and for my own mental, just, <laughs> I need a break. But I don't want, I guess there's three things there in conflict. Cause I also don't want to just go do a thing that's fast just to have a video. I don't think that's beneficial anymore. So that's kind of where I'm at with all this. And it's also really hard. I realized may have mentioned this last week as well. It's really hard to be creative about a future thing when you are so occupied with the current thing. And mm-hmm. Jimmy, this is maybe what you're, I don't know if you're dealing with this right now or not, but you're so like your head is probably full of a current, you know, the shop and the TV and all that stuff that it feels like it would be really hard to like, I'm going to be creative for a thing that's going to be in a couple of weeks. Like think ahead. And design well, you know, and, that's I'm really good at and I practice it compartmentalizing my time. So there'll be a moment where I'll say to Aaron, I'm just going to run home and work on X, or I have to go do drawings of this. In the city, there was this coffee shop I would always go sit at. I would kind of hide there, and nobody knew I would go there. I'd go and sit, and I'd do sketches. And i got to do the same thing now, like maybe come to the house, or I used to go sit at the diner here, but that's closed because of COVID. And I would just sit at the counter at the diner with a couple pieces of blank paper, and it would help me flush out a few thoughts and it's really it really for me personally it's really helpful to compartmentalize and i say this all the time how your subconscious really does work and when i was ignoring the the enclosed trailer project my mind really was working on it even though i wasn't working on it in my conscious mind i was definitely working on it in my subconscious mind where <clears throat> for instance i was going to build the whole deck on the whole thing across the whole entire surface the deck would be out you know up to the width of the wheel wells it's a trailer that's 12 by six, but it really needs to be eight by 
12. Um, so I looked at, and I'm also being very conscious of weight and I'm being conscious of, you know, how much metal I put into this thing and looking at it, I was like, it just occurred to me subconscious. And when I, the minute I looked at the trailer, my mind, like the, the fusion file in my mind of rails completely across the trailer, making up the new floor were now extended off of the rails of the trailer. So now the subfloor is going to consist of the entire width of the floor that's there, which is very substantial. And these 11 inch outriggers that are in front of the wheel wells and behind the wheel wells. But I didn't see that until like the, the back room of my brain passed it to the front room. Like, okay, now he's ready for it. (laughs) And it sounds crazy, but it really works like that for me a lot because when I'm, when I, when I'm ignoring something, it's not, it's not completely ignored. That's what I'm saying. There's there's always a little something. And like, I'll, I'll, I'll just pass through something in a day and be like, Oh, that's that problem that my back brain is working on. There's, there's a solution to one of those small problems my back brain is working on. Let me throw that back there and then keep moving on with my day. And then when I look at the trailer after not looking at it for a week, I immediately see that trans, transmutation of all this material that's going to make up the floor now is just extensions of the existing floor. Saved myself a lot of material, a lot of time, and a lot of weight, which is something I have to be super conscious of. And But that's why I like to just not be too hard on something when until the time yeah. is right you know not too i don't want to force 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 until the time is right like w- 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 i was telling you guys a little before the show about some of the creative meetings we're having and what's happening in the creative meetings for the show it's like okay what do you think of this idea how would you make it i'm like yeah okay we'll make that like well how would you do it i'm like i don't know what do you mean you don't know i'm like you think it'll be done i'm like yeah it'll be done well how are you gonna make it i'm like i don't know yet well, when are you going to think of it? I'm like, when it comes to me, but it'll come to me, you know, it'll come to me in time. Yeah. Like, but, but just like, like give us the answer now. And, it, and they're not that demanding. I'm just being a little dramatic. Things need time to, to, to marinate or to, yeah. to be mulled over by the unconscious mind. Because when you're immediately like, or put to task, like, how are you going to do this? You're like, well, I guess I would do that and do that. And I put this over here. And then you look back and you're like, oh, something doesn't feel That's a little, like first draft. Yeah. That feels yeah. a little inelegant and it takes time yeah. for it to start to take some elegance. And that's where, that's where your subconscious mind goes to work. So like, what was the question? The original question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I'm, I was curious how you dealt with that because I can yeah. find myself right now not giving my mind any space to do that. Like it, I'm, I've been so focused on something that even literally my dreams are about building cabinets. Yeah. I've had so many dreams lately that are doing the same thing that I'm doing during the day. It's a dream of me making pocket hold boxes and then cutting dados and stuff and it's weird because i can tell how my day went whether the the dream is a productive dream where like look at all those cabinets i made or it's i've had these (laughs) ones that are super annoying like i'll cut a piece of wood and then i'll turn around and turn back and the wood's not cut and i have to cut it again and then i turn around and i turn back and it's not cut i've had those where the work is there but nothing's getting done. And that is absolutely a reflection of what my brain went through that day. That's crazy. I'm tired of cabinets. I'm like super tired of cabinets. Well, you got to take time. You got to take time to be playful. 
Yeah, like for instance, today I'm going to be with you guys and I get to go lay out the drawing for the side. And I'm excited for that. I always like drawing on the ground with chalk. It keeps me, like reminds me of being playful and creative when I see Mm -hmm. kids playing with chalk. Although it's going to be a technical drawing and life size on the ground. But when I see that technical drawing, it's the next big step to like, okay, this is getting closer to reality, less of a, a thought in my head. But today I'm going to go pick up that machine in a small town that I haven't been in in 10 years mm. up here in upstate New York. And uh, so, I mean, these little things throughout my day keep me excited to keep me creative. Like it's, I'm not just going to pick up a new tool. I'm going to take an adventure. I'm going to go on the path of a road. I just looked on the map before we started. I'm going to go on this road I've never been on. What am I going to discover on that road? You know, so there's a lot more than just yeah. like, oh, going to pick up that machine. But these are subtleties that aren't really ever talked about or expressed but it, it does help keep you playful and like you know every new road you drive down it's like what am i going to discover that i could then make into art that could become part of my art what, what will i discover that's going to be you know the next new hobby you know for instance the way i found printing years ago like what's going to be that next cool thing what's going to be that that truck that needs to be brought back to life or you know what's going to be that weird thing so, you know, those little playful yeah. things keep the subconscious happy. I think that's one interesting thing that I wouldn't have said or wouldn't have thought fully through until just now when you said that. But I think that's one of the the few ways that I've been really negatively impacted by COVID is that those types of extraneous, like, let's just go see what happens over here. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I haven't for, you know, a year and a half or whatever. Um, it's It's just like, I go do the thing I need to do and just stay away from everything else for now. Um, And it's weird because I hadn't really thought about that, but there's been a lot of those type of excursions and those type of little, like, I'm just going to go wander in this place and see what happens that I just, I could do that. I just haven't taken advantage of it, but hmm, that'll be a nice thing to get back to one of these days. Speaking of, I'm getting my uh, first vaccine shot today. Oh, I got my second one uh, on Saturday. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And I was sick on yeah, Sunday. Pretty. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I had, I, like the flu-like symptoms for 12 hours, but it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all. I mean, certainly like to see progress, but I just don't foresee any time of me getting vaccinated. Like when it comes to like filling out papers and all that stuff, I'm just like, yeah, I'll do it later. You know, <laughs> do it later. Like, I, I, the fact that I had to go for a test and when I returned from California, like, the, I had to take some paperwork at the New York airport. And yeah, 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 I'll tell you. So, you know, just doing that and sitting in my car in a line, I was like, this is not my world. This is not for me. And to have to do that again. So I, I might just get herd immunity eventually. <laughs> go ahead and order it online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I All could right. just buy herd immunity, man, that would be easy. No, I don't know. I did, maybe, maybe with this production, there's going to be a, a flurry of shots. I have no idea. Yeah, but anyway. there's a lot of COVID compliance about to come here. Yeah, and you know when the danger of COVID is going to come in, right? The minute the medical person shows up on set. Prior to that, there's absolutely no danger of COVID. But the minute that person <laughs> shows up on set, it's on everything. It's on every doorknob. It's on every mask. It's on everything. So. Well, uh, you guys got anything else? We haven't really had a specific topic, but no any other thoughts. I guess if uh, there was any takeaway from today, 
I like factual stuff. <laughs> and I let my brain do my back brain do all the work. Yeah, Jimmy hates stories. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let me think. Our our Patreon. Oh wait, David, you got something? I got something that's going to lead you into Patreon. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, my pick was the documentary on Quentin Tarantino's first eight movies. The documentary is called The First Eight, and that was uh, you know it was my, my recommended pick that week. And then one of our Patreon members, Mike Boas, Boas. Not sure how to pronounce his name. B-O-A-S. Well, Mike reached out to us and said, hey, I did the title animation on that film. And he's really proud of it. So I just thought that was super cool that one of our Patreon listeners did the title for that film. So, yeah, carry on, Bob. That's very cool. Right on. Well, um, big thanks to Mike and to everybody else over at Patreon that supports the show. We are really grateful for you. Uh, and everybody over there, no matter what level you're supporting at, even you know a dollar an episode or whatever, you get the after show, which is another 15, 20 minutes of us yammering about stuff. And often Jimmy talks about baseball, which is code for TV and other things. Uh, there's a lot of secret stuff and you know just other stuff in the after show. So if you want to join, uh, go to patreon.com slash making it. Join up over there. Our top supporters are Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting. You can make this too. Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Lowen Designs, Corey from Make Shape Create, and Odin Leather Goods. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, go go do that. You guys got anything to recommend? Mine was going to be the stories, and I've already said that, so I'm done. <laughs> I found a funny one. I got to tell you, I got to read the name correctly, but it is a, okay. an Australian or New Zealand. I guess he's Australian comedian, and I just found him just because I've been watching like European comedians, and so this got popped. This popped up. Uh, I'm probably going to say this kind of wrong, but is he's a tall, skinny, blonde dude. He's very funny. His name is Frenchy Snugger Attack. Does that ring a bell to anybody? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just made that up. but No, no. no. Frenchy Snugga Attack. Here, look. I, the last three movies I watched were from him. Can you see that? Okay. Sunga Attack. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sunga. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no... Yeah, Sunga Attack. Frenchy Sunga Attack. He's super funny, silly, goofy, and his videos are just... They're almost like... Uh, they're like a comedy bit actualized, like five ways a guy would pick up a girl and these little scenarios, these like little two minute snippets of him with his girlfriend or him with his mates, as they always say in England. And uh, it's really, really funny. I mean, I've been sending them to Taylor and for Taylor to react to like some of my stupid pics. She's like, oh my God, that she's like, I'll send it to her in 10 minutes. Later. She's like, that was hilarious, which is like, she's like, eh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. So cool. check it out. It's so silly and stupid. Hmm. Uh, mine is a video you probably already watched. It is from Stuff Made Here. Uh, and the video is called Making a Log Carving Robot. Have you guys seen this? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I haven't he's, watched it yet. It's insane. He's just unbelievable, this kid. It's just crazy. Yeah. Oh. One thing I really love about his videos is that he's so much he doesn't film. And yeah. it's, it's actually a lesson <laughs> in filmmaking because there's so much he just yeah. leaves out. And it still tells a story. Mm-hmm. He just shows you like huge key moments of success or failure that tell the ultimate story. But he doesn't show all the small minutia of like, he doesn't fill up time and space with, you know, a lot of redundancy. Yeah. So I, I, I commend him for that. I mean, he's just, he's an unbelievable YouTube 
Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Took uh, over that's, you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't have much else to say. I don't want to ruin anything. For, but he's got one of those big automated robot arms, those killer robot arms that factories use that Jimmy's supposed to get one day. Yeah, the guy bailed on me. It's so uh, funny. I'm so associated with that because I talked about it so much. Everybody's sending me that because of the robot arm. Oh, that's funny. And, <laughs> and then there's another, there's like another crowdfunded small one for doing stuff in the shop. And I'm like the authority on robot arms who doesn't own a robot arm, who is supposed <laughs> to own a robot arm, but doesn't own a robot arm. Oh, um, his channel, it might only be like a year old and he might only have like 12 or 14 videos. And he's, you know, he's got blown. Um, up. Two and a half million subs. He's 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 on the YouTube trending page, like because he's doing it right. He's makes really good videos, and he's insanely intelligent. Uh, if you watch this video, you're like, because one of the great things is I don't know much about coding, um, but he talks about different coding algorithms where he's like, okay, we're going to try this theory first, and it doesn't work. So then he has to switch to another theory. But the way he explains how the theories work makes it make sense for someone like me and it's just so good hmm. it yeah. made no sense to me but it was fun to watch <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so check that one out and related to that is uh jeremy fielding yeah, yeah. he <laughs> i haven't watched this one yet but jeremy's awesome and so i'm sure it's going to be good but he built a seven axis robot arm from scratch I like and he's been he's been working on like CNC, learning CNC and making all these parts, and I, I can't wait to watch it because it's it looks awesome, and I know the way his mind works, and it's going to be very cool. So that's another robot arm <laughs> video for you. Yeah. So, all right, you guys got anything else? Mm, yeah, that's it. Cool. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to go do the after show. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Nobody's going to believe that. You got to do better than that. I was just yawning. Love you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, I love you. Uh, It's like when when you teach a dog how to say I love you. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Say it like you mean it. And the after show. I wonder if people realize that there's literally no breath between the regular show and the after show. I just wait for everybody to stop talking for a second and then I go, hey, the after show, and then we just keep going. I'm always confused.